0: You are listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of icmforum.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Chris, and today we'll take on found footage in a scenario where most of us may just be forced to defend it. As the question in our episode title is by no means exaggerated or trying to hype up. The debate with over-the-top language. It is the genuine view of our dear co-host, Sal. I I almost want to just jump straight to him so he can start tearing the whole sub-genre down and prepare for a possible fight. But before then, I just want to reassure our listeners that it won't just be a screaming match or altogether negative. Though there will be some of that. We'll also try to break down the strengths and weaknesses of the genre, what it is that grabs people with the found footage technique and aesthetics, and what led to their immense popularity. Is there perhaps something very powerful in this type of cinema? Perhaps something only found footage can do, or at least is uniquely equipped to do? Oh, and as we will be diving into their popularity, we'll also be discussing the sub declined. and ask the obvious question. Where is fun footage today? Did it simply run its course? Did everyone just get bored? Or perhaps did more and more people simply start sharing Saul's opinion that it's the worst thing that ever happened to cinema? Well... Let's uh, find out. Oh, and we have a special treat for everyone today. A new voice is joining us. So before we get into the episode, I would like to welcome our brand new co-host. So uh, Ben, uh, say hello to everyone and maybe just give a quick introduction and then we'll dive into the debate.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Ben from Arkansas, USA.
0: Excited to get into some fun footage debate.
1: Sure.
0: Very good. So let's just actually kick this off then, and get to where the episode gets its title from. Saul, what is it that makes found footage the worst thing to ever happen to cinema?
2: The title of the podcast came through something we are discussing in chat, and I did say in a very, you know, over-the-top manner that found footage is the worst thing to happen to modern cinema, but, you know, I do think there's some truth in that. I'm speaking from the point of view of somebody who actually teaches filmmaking to kids for a living, and it's actually pretty impossible these days to teach kids how to create a really good, you know, suspenseful film when what they've been programmed to think these days is let's just shake the camera a lot and it'll be scary and cool, and there's way too many films that the kids try and hand into me that's just got all this shaky footage because they're used to seeing that and they think shaking, shaking, shaking equates to scary, suspenseful, something's happening. But look, if I go beyond that, because I know found footage isn't just about shaky camera work, I think found footage actually goes against the very basics of classic cinema. Classic cinema is all about invisible editing, drawing the viewer in and disguising or at least making you forget that what you are watching is something that's been filmed and recorded found footage goes against this completely it constantly reminds us while we're watching it of the artifice of the medium that what we're watching is something artificial i think it's simply by nature less immersive because there's no chance of forgetting that what you are watching is something that's being constructed when it comes to found footage, that to me is why I'd call it the worst thing to happen to modern cinema, because really for me, found footage is the death of classic cinema.
0: Interesting. You don't think the death of classic cinema might be a good thing? So that, that that might be where we start off the debate, because I have so much to say to that. But before then, I would love to hear Tom's opinion, because from our discussions previously, it seems Tom is the biggest found footage fan in the room. So, Tom, why is found footage not? The worst thing to have ever happen to cinema.
3: In response to what Saul's just said, I don't see what is wrong with subverting the basics of classic cinema to try something new and different. Now I watch films for escapism and the immersive nature of found footed films often makes me involved in the story. The technique it can blur the line between fiction and reality and this works well for horror because it can ramp up the horror and place you in terrifying scenarios that feel incredibly real. Now, even with the over-reliance on jump scares, they still often provide an unsettling experience that is altogether different to watching a regular horror film. And this brings variety to the genre that I love the most. And that can only be a good thing for myself and other horror fans so I certainly see where Sol is coming from, but I think he's overlooking some of the aspects of found footage that make it feel like a refreshing extension of, of horror cinema and bringing something new to a genre that uh, I love so much. On
1: the subject of you know teaching kids film and they uh, being influenced by found footage as a shaky cam kind of implementation, I have to say, thinking back, you know, when I was a kid, I would actually shoot, you know, little short films on a camera. And this was back in the early 90s before film footage was ever a thing. And I remember shaking the camera around a lot to add drama to it because thinking, oh, well, if it's a static camera, it's going to be boring. I think that's just kind of a gut instinct in kids who don't have a firm understanding of film technique it's the easiest way to show motion. I'm I'm not sure that film footage is really to blame for that necessarily.
2: Yeah. In terms of the teaching part of it. Okay. I do understand what you're saying. Uh, If I hadn't already given the kids some grounding on how to edit and put a scene together, I would say that's probably a valid point, but I spend quite extensive time getting the kids to storyboard ideas to plan to shoot different shots from different angles and put it together. And yet it seems every second or third project that gets handed in has still got this scene where it's just the camera running or whatever and shaking about, which to me just doesn't quite capitalize on everything that they've been taught, given that I'm trying to actually show them things beyond just the shaking camera work. That just seems to be their go-to point. What I actually need to teach them is creating suspense sequences as part of the curriculum. And you're not really creating a suspense sequence if all you're doing is shaking the camera
1: around. I definitely understand the frustration around that shaky cam. And I personally don't like shaky cam implementations. But I would say that movies like The Born Identity are equally to blame. While there's a lot more editing with those, to a layperson, what they see is the shaky cam. They don't really think about the editing and the quick cutting and the film technique required to piece that together. So in their mind, when they're trying to recreate that kind of scene, they're just shaking the camera around as kind of a lazy way out.
0: I think Ben might be onto something. I do think that Paul Greengrass' uh, Born Identity films and uh, a, a certain subgenre almost of action films are just as much to blame as Tom footage. But I would, would like to jump on something you mentioned earlier, which I actually completely disagreed with, Saul. Which is this idea that when you watch found footage films, you are immediately aware that it's a film, that it's faking, and it's something being presented to you. Because the found footage moment really exploded with Blair Witch in 1999. A large part of that was this idea that this is actually real. Um, this is actual footage that has uh, been found and even though uh, that idea obviously quickly disappeared the idea is that this is real in the same way that a traditional movie might have beautiful shots etc that you wouldn't necessarily see in real life found footage still works on that basic premise that you are watching something that is real. It still has the illusion, it's just that the illusion changes. And that's one of the things I actually really appreciate with found footage because where in, if you will, classic cinema, it's all about this polish. It's all about hiding the imperfections. But in found footage, imperfections could suddenly work. Imperfections in the same way that imperfections has been played around with in avant-garde and experimental cinema for years to create various effects. Suddenly here you had a really popular medium where the screen could get damaged or they could be low quality or you, know, you might not be able to see every detail. There might be glitches in the digital camera and so on. And it, at least to me, large part of that worked because you are immersed in the idea that these are characters, they're filming these things themselves. And in some ways they can even draw you more into the film because all of these imperfection actually adds to the realism of someone filming and experiencing this hand. so i i actually completely disagree with you. all i think that while it reworks the formula of re- classic cinema if you want to call it that i still think that it can maintain this ability to pull viewers in and uh, that they won't be aware that they're watching a film in that way because they are watching something that in its world is being filmed by someone so that illusion at least in my mind
2: is still there and can work just as well as in traditional films Just to clarify, when I'm talking about found footage, what I'm looking at is not so much whether it's real or not real, but the fact that the film is presenting this as footage. So if you think about, I don't want to say classic Hollywood cinema, but if you just think of like, classic cinema or I guess older cinema in general or whatever, the camera's in the room and it's filming people, but the way it's cut together with different reaction shots, you're not hyper-consciously aware that there's a camera there that's being filmed, each of these shots that are put together. When you're watching found footage or anything at all that's been presented as footage, you're actually aware that it's you're watching something at is being filmed. So it's a difference between forgetting that you're not in the room with Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart, because you know, it might get to the stage where you're so immersed in Casablanca that you feel you're right in the same room with those characters. You're never gonna get that feeling from a found footage film, because with a found footage film, it's always presenting itself as footage. So there's no sort of illusion, there's no chance to lose yourself and go, you know, I'm in this room or whatever with these characters there's always going to be a distance because the film is presenting itself as footage so it's presenting itself as something to be viewed rather than having the illusion of being in there and look i don't think there's anything wrong as such with having imperfections and some experimental cinema quite big on some of the big new wave stuff from the 1960s but i just think with the way that it's been done with found footage i guess since Blair Witch A lot of it just seems to be a cheap way of presenting a story and trying to make it seem more realistic. But I guess in the process of it making it seem less realistic, that seems like a bit of a conundrum. I guess maybe it is. But if you get to the stage where you're having to say, you know, these are characters watching this footage in order to make it more real, that to me makes it less real because I'm never going to forget in something like Grave Encounters, I'm never going to think, you know, okay, I'm inside this hospital, walking around these characters. I'm never going to feel that because it's always being presented to me as footage, which is after it's being watched. Not child how clear that is.
1: I understand what you're saying. I, I would say that I don't think film footage movies are trying to be immersive in a filmic way as you're talking about. Pretty much all film footage is essentially a subgenre of mockumentary where they purport to be a real occurrence that you're complicit in. By watching a film footage film and seeing someone potentially dying or have horrible things happen to them, they create that complicity which builds that suspense and creates a compelling reason to watch it. I kind of feel like you're dinging them for something they're not trying to do. Now, having said that, I will say that for me, where I think a lot of found footage fails, because I'm not like Tom, where I just, I love found footage unequivocally. I I do think there are some great ones and there are a lot of garbage movies out there as well. Where I think they fail is where they don't hold true to their own artifice by the glitches, the cutting it not realistic it looks artificial they they add artificial glitches or they have weird behaviors or people do things like carrying a camera and filming when there's no reason for them to be doing that they may have a throwaway line of a guy saying oh I just want to film everything but that's to me when it takes me out
3: I agree with Ben there, there are few elements of found footage that will completely pull you out of this story the main one being when a character won't discard their camera and run away from whatever is happening and they'll just carry on filming, and that is the worst one. But I never find it distancing in the same way that you do, Saul. I mean, I suppose we're kind of reliving the scenarios through the gaze and the perspective of, of the person filming whatever is happening. And that, for me, when it's done well, feels immersive. It feels like I'm part of what is going on. And the the best found-footed films have a tendency to ramp up the tension and build the suspense that keeps you engrossed and on the edge of your seat. And I think that that's a great strength to bring. And I'll just clarify that I know Ben said that I, I love found-footed films unequivocally like, i wouldn't say i wouldn't go that far i am a i am a fan of found footage but i am aware that there are a lot of failed found footage films on the point that's all brought up i
0: I guess that's part of where the disagreement is because obviously people view and experience films differently and i've never had that experience of being in the room with someone because i forgot that that wall uh, wasn't real and and obviously a lot of people including Saul, do so I can see why on that level found footage films cannot do that the same way but in the way that when people watch a traditional horror film and they see someone sneaking outside of someone's window etc and they look over their shoulders and look out I do think that found footage has that same effect that people start worrying that these things could happen to them when it's done in a specifically horrific way I'm sure a lot of people watch Blair Witch Project and started to be afraid of going into the woods and I'm sure a lot of people watched Paranormal Activity and started being really worried about the noises around their house. So I think that these films still have the
2: ability to you to, to the extent that you start becoming afraid. I don't really have much else to add on to that. I think it does come down to how you experience films. I just use Casablanca because you know that's the popular favorite. but There's like several films that if I'm really enjoying it or whatever, I do actually forget that fourth wall or whatever, forget that I'm watching it on a TV set or forget the iPad screen. I'm just entirely focused on the world of the film. And just by nature, it doesn't come across to found footage. So I guess maybe because of the way that I experience films, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Found footage would never, or hardly ever, we might get to that later, hardly ever work for me as well as a traditionally made film. That makes complete sense.
0: I know we've been on to this topic a little bit already, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your overall relationship with found footage. Is this a subgenre that you tend to get excited about and seek out? Uh, or, for instance, Saul, do you actively avoid found footage films? Or, as I know you're a horror fan in, in particular, do like, you still see quite a lot of them? like. If you find out that a film is found footage, do you get excited, disappointed, and would it make you more likely
2: or less likely to see it? Yeah, if, if I discover that a horror film is found footage, it usually knocks it down a few rungs in my watch list. Depending on how much acclaim it's getting, I wouldn't rule out seeing it because yeah, I'm obviously quite an avid horror fan. So I have watched, you know, a large number of found footage films over the years, But if it's just like some cheapy or whatever or some random film that's popping up on Tubi or popping up on Shut Up and I check on Letterboxd and I found out that it's a found footage film, you know, unless I really know the director, I've heard some really good things about it, it's going to go instantly to the back of my watch queue because I just know that found footage does so little for me in general. The really great found footage for me are the exception, not the rule. So, yeah, it does knock it down a little bit, but, you know, If it gets enough acclaim, if I trust the director enough, I'm not going to rule out seeing a found footage film altogether.
1: Honestly, I actually kind of side with Saul to to an extent on this, just because I am aware that there are a lot of terrible found footage movies. So if I do notice that a movie is found footage, I tend to start getting a little wary of it. I don't necessarily have quite as adverse a reaction as Saul does, but... You know, I, I definitely don't go in with bated breath, super jazzed about it, unless it is something that I do trust the filmmakers behind it. You know, have enjoyed what they've made before, or if it's, uh, you know, particularly interesting. But if I see that it's oh campers lost in the woods and something is just beyond their realm of vision, I start getting very, very nervous about it.
0: <laughs> and uh, Tom, I guess it's the exact opposite for you.
3: To be truthful, I don't actually seek out found footage films as much as I used to. I think there was a period of time between maybe the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, where there was a level of popularity in found footage that enabled you to keep on top of the new found footage films that were being released because there weren't so many of them, but there seemed to be a boom after the success of paranormal activity so in that phase I was a teenager and I was very excited by the prospect of found footage horror film because my most terrifying cinematic well one of my most terrifying cinematic experiences was my first viewing of the Blair Witch Project as a preteen, and that actually put me off horror for a little while thanks to my overactive imagination but once I got past that stage my love for horror blossomed And I think it acted like a a gateway film to the horror genre for myself and many people of my age. So I had almost an inbuilt love for found footage from the very start that has kind of diminished over the years because there's just been so many found footage films released. And as Ben mentioned, it's kind of got to a point where it's hard to sift through them all to find the good ones. And I tend to just seek out the ones that receive critical acclaim, rather than just watching any fan footage film I can get my hands on these days. That makes complete
0: sense, and uh, on my part, I'll actually be remarkably neutral. In general, learning that the film is fan footage or not doesn't really have an impact on me either way, though that might be helped by the fact that unlike my three other co-hosts today, I am not the biggest horror fan, or at least not anymore. In fact, my favorite fan footage film is probably quite, quite ironic. It's most likely the first ever fan footage film there was, uh, The Connection by Shirley Clark from 1962, which is about narcotics and drug addicts and about this documentary crew filming these drug addicts. It's not shaky cams because it's the 1960s and they have a pro- they have an actual cameraman there with the, with the massive camera which gives a very different feeling though even there some of the tropes such as oh now you're in it or keep filming keep filming a lot of those tropes were born already there but this leads me into the Next question, and you guys have already tied this in all already, which is that there was this period when there was just this enormous boom coming from Blair Witch Project, and I guess we can assume some of these, the reasons why it suddenly started becoming more popular in the very late, or actually in the zeroes, because it really, the boom never started in the 90s, it was Blair Witch Project in 1999, that kicked it off. but. Why did it take so long? Why was it that the first fan footage film is from 1962? There are a few films with at least some fan footage elements in them later, but the boom was in the 2000s. So why is that?
1: You know, I think part of it may be just due to the overall hesitance to embrace a documentary-style film by major studios. Because to your point, there were found footage movies that were kind of peppered around you know you have cannibal holocaust that was probably one of the most well-known ones and is often cited as the first one even though i've also seen the connection and noticed that why why is nobody referring to this movie it came out two decades before cannibal holocaust but you know you have some a a few others you have that alien abduction film the mcpherson tape You have the last broadcast coming out just a year before Blair Witch. But I I think with Blair Witch, it's just it, it hit this particular zeitgeist moment where people were building off that theatrical experience. It and I think with Blair Witch, the marketing of it was a big part of it because they did market it as a real film footage. And you know, to my earlier point, I I think people were fascinated by that complicity. There are a large contingent of people that want to believe in the supernatural. And they're deeply fascinated by things like that. And then found footage movies in general, I think, do play well in a theater. I know many people, including myself, who have gone to a theater and seen a found footage movie, really enjoyed it, and then watched it later at home and was completely unimpressed. Because I I think people do feed off that experience. And I think getting found footage films in a theater really helped elevate their appeal.
2: So the only thing I think I'd add to that is that Blair Witch Project was a massive box office success. And obviously it was made on a very minuscule budget. So I think a lot of filmmakers in the years immediately afterwards realised we can actually make films really, really cheaply. And they can perform really, really well at the box office, which obviously didn't quite happen with a few exceptions, I guess, Paranormal Activity, Cloverfield, and a few others aside that didn't necessarily happen. But I think there was inspiration there. And I think it was a bandwagon that you know, a lot of filmmakers or producers jumped on because it looked like a great money-making opportunity make these films really cheap. Don't have to be high quality and they may or may not really sell at the box office. And You might get really, really great profits out of it. I mean, there have been some creative ones, but, you know, I think the height of creativity with our found footage horror started at Cannibal Holocaust and ended at Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs>
0: I was going to add one extra thing to that, which is not as greedy as just going uh, on money, but I, I do think that you're completely right. The main reason why there was this boom is the success of the Blair Witch Project and the fact that you really could make films per- that cheaply and ha- still had them perform well. That said... I think that there is a different element there too, which is the fact that digital cameras became more and more available. And uh, it was more common for people to film their own lives and their experiences making these films more believable or making these kinds of stories more believable.
3: I think you've all touched really well on the main points of why fang footage became popular when it did. And one thing to mention is also just the improvements in technology and the decreasing sizes of cameras as well, making it more feasible and more accessible for amateur filmmakers to get involved on the scene, as well as obviously big studios pushing films with marketing after seeing the success of the Blair Witch Project. And I also wanted to bring in an additional voice to today's podcast because there was another member of the... ICEP Movies Forum, who wanted to be involved in the podcast but couldn't join us today. And they provided some responses to their topics that we were going to discuss. So I'm speaking on behalf of Cinepolis. And they say that fan footage took a while to become popular, probably because of studio intervention. They mentioned films such as David Holzman's Diary, The Connection, and Punishment Park that were all rather independent productions. And then when video recorders became more of a household thing in the 80s and 90s, more people discovered the potential that found footage had for cinema. And of course, they mentioned that the success of Blair Witch Projects played a huge role too. And they also mentioned that ghost slash monster hunting TV shows probably served as a source of inspiration as well which is interesting to think about because you had the shows like Most Haunted, etc., that kind of put people into that notion of enjoying fan footage as an aspect for seeking out ghosts and the supernatural and trying to put a realistic spin on the supernatural.
0: That's a really interesting point there, Tom. And I think this actually ties into one of those things that are, are most interesting about fan footage because fan footage is not just about the technique. It's not just... The fact that it's implementing documentary techniques I mentioned uh, Peter Watkins' films like Punishment Park, which are kind of forks documentaries, which are not mockumentaries. They are quite serious. They're often based in sci-fi world, sometimes based directly in the past. And you have these documentary elements used to tell stories. But the one thing that kind of separates them from fan footage is that there is not that little text in the beginning saying that this film material or the file was sent to someone or discovered somewhere and this idea that everything somehow went wrong which is what kind of this sub has been doing from that first little note that the director disappeared in the 1962 version of The Connection or this idea that these people are still being looked for in the Blairish Project, this idea that this footage is actually found somewhere, it, it, the creators are no longer around and that's a very interesting element To have brought into such a wide ranging subgenre. So, so, uh, how important do you think that the idea that this footage was found actually is for found footage? Is there an important difference between uh, your traditional found footage film and, say, Punishment Park?
1: I think that the found footage conceit itself creates a kind of impression going into it. You know, something terrible has happened because the footage has been found. It wasn't given. Because of that, it does create this certain kind of expectation. Whereas with Punishment Park, while it does have a documentary conceit, you don't really necessarily know where it's going. And that applies to most of the films I've seen from Peter Watkins, too. I do think it creates an expectation, calling it found footage. Now, having said that, I have seen some found footage that don't necessarily follow that same pattern of displaying a message saying this footage was found somewhere. Sometimes they're the private memoirs of someone recording it, like a serial killer. They don't always necessarily have that conceit, but they're still lumped in the same genre because they are that first-person camera view within a a horror-thriller context.
2: If any found footage horror film begins with a title card saying something to the effect of these people disappeared and this footage was found. If I say that, I think in my mind, spoiler alert, because it sort of clues me in a bit too much that things are going to end well for the characters. And I guess maybe there's a bit of mystery in that in terms of why it exactly happened. For me, it gives away too much information. So if I'm watching a found footage film, I prefer it to not start with any introduction like that. I think anything like that just sets in concrete a little bit too much where things are going, which to me makes it a lot less interesting to view. But isn't all of uh, found footage kind
0: of a spoiler, then? That's an entire subgenre in itself.
1: I think any purporting to actually be found footage is, yeah. But like I said, there are quite a few that don't have that title card Saul was talking about, where you don't know necessarily where it's going but again, I do think the appeal of found of footage isn't necessarily what's going to happen. It's how is it going to happen? Generally, if you're watching a horror movie, you know bad things are going to happen by the very nature of it being a horror movie, whether a found footage or otherwise. So it's it's less about, oh, is something bad going to happen? And it's more about when is something bad going to happen? What exactly bad is going to happen? Who is it going to happen to? That I don't necessarily see as as big of a problem with found footage, the title card. If anything, it, it goes into the uh, the idea of increasing suspense for the audience, M- again, making them feel more complicit that they're watching something illicit that they shouldn't be private filming of someone's last moments. You make
2: it sound like we're discovering a sex tape with found footage, so uh, uh, I'm some sure of sure yes i know that's not quite what you're getting at yeah i guess yeah it depends how you approach it
1: i mean I, I think it's no coincidence that quite a few there, there are quite a few found footage movies that are set up like snuff films like those august underground ones
3: the
2: video show in video
3: i couldn't make it through a single august underground film i've tried but i just find them too bleak I can't find any redeeming features in them. <laughs> but uh, going back to what you were saying, Ben, about the found footage, and I agree it's not necessarily about the, the destination because we kind of all know that the last shot of a found footage film usually is going to be someone's dropped the camera on the floor and it fades out. We know what's going to happen, but it's, it's about the journey. We have no idea of, of what's going to happen along the way. And because it's framed from the perspective of of someone filming, it adds to the, the realism and this idea that, you know, you're watching real life unfold in front of your eyes. So when these things happen that are out of the ordinary, to me, that just makes the film shine. It really brings something new to the experience.
0: So so we're talking about things that uh, found footage brings to the experience. What exactly is the effect then of of found footage within horror? How does found footage add to the feeling of horror and dread?
3: Cinepolis has an interesting take on this because they say that found footage horror can be very effective when done right because it makes the horror more tangible by putting the viewer right into the action, along with the characters. And while Cinepolis knows that none of it's real, there's always this what-if thought in the back of their head. And I can totally get that, because the best found footage films can convince you that you're watching real footage. Maybe not everyone, because I know that isn't something that uh, that happens for Seoul, but a lot of people who watch found footage... Films can find them convincing, and talked about Blair Witch and how people believed that it was real footage when it it was released. And there's some real power behind that, you know. And it's a, it's a strong method of of storytelling that has successfully convinced people in the past. Whether it can continue to do that, I don't know anymore, due to everyone's exposure to the subgenre. But it's surely an interesting thing to think about.
1: I do think the few that have managed to pull off that believability aspect of actually tricking people into thinking they're real going all the way back to Orson Welles and the War of the Worlds radio program where it sent people into a panic after it was broadcast I think that some of my favorite found footage movies or fake documentary you know that general subgenre have that aspect to it where it really does feel real i'm a huge fan of ghost watch the uk production that was broadcast on tv as if it were a real news broadcast and it apparently freaked out a lot of people that thought it was an actual real supernatural occurrence happening in front of them live and that kind of thing i find very fascinating
2: so i'm obviously coming from the point of view that i don't think found footage actually does anything to make a film scarier because I guess I'm always just hyper-conscious that what I'm viewing is footage or something that's been purposely constructed. Where found footage works for me in a horror sense is when it actually has something to say about the characters. So if you think back to Hannibal uh, Holocaust, and it's all about how the characters are so full of themselves by disrespecting and mistreating animals and you're mistreating the local people, and it all comes back to get them. So that, for me, works, and they're sort of like Gorlin actually filming it. And then you get something like Diary of the Dead from George Romero, which I actually think is possibly the best sequel. It's probably a bit of a controversial opinion. Alongside Day of the Dead, the best sequel for me in that franchise, because it's about the characters filming the experience of the zombies, and like they're so obsessed with filming it and uploading it that they actually forget about their own safety. So it's not so much that I think it's real when I'm watching cool satire on how obsessed people are with technology, that they'll be so obsessed with filming and putting online that they'll actually forget to watch out for the zombies themselves.
1: By the way, I don't know where to fit this in, but I just wanna say that the soundtrack to Cannibal Holocaust is a major earworm. I love it.
3: It's been a while since I've seen Cannibal Holocaust, so I can't really recall the soundtrack that well, but I'll definitely check it out after this uh, recording session so I can find out what's so great about it. That sounds good.
1: It's this really pleasant melody that has this slight distortion in it, like there's something just not quite right about it, and it just seems very perfect for the movie
0: so fun footage even brought us some good soundtrack recommendations so that's uh, excellent uh, to hear but expanding on from what fun footage can or cannot do to a horror movie and i think we have Talked a lot about it. We have the idea that you're watching someone actually die, that there's some kind of illicit footage involved, that there is some kind of additional realism in it, that someone is filming, etc. There are obviously some fun footage films, not many, but some, that are outside of the horror genre. Um, Have you guys seen any of the fun footage films that are not actually horror, and
3: uh, how do you think they work? I've seen quite a lot of the fan footage films which aren't horror i had an obsession with going back and looking at where fan footage films evolve where they came from and the earliest fan footage works and one that i discovered was called 84 charlie Moppick, which is a war film from the 80s and it works really well i suppose it shares some of the themes that you would share with uh, a horror because there's a lot of tension, people going into an unknown situation and not sure what they're going to be encountering along the way. And one of the soldiers is filming the whole mission. It's about a group of soldiers in, in Vietnam, and, and it's nothing incredible, but it's quite impressive what they did for the time and could be considered uh, groundbreaking in, in some ways with what they pulled off at the time. I've also seen a lot of science fiction found footage film. Some of the best would be Lunopolis and Chronicle. And I think it's just interesting to see found footage that doesn't rely too much on horror and maybe is more about uh, world building and strange occurrences, more fantastical elements Because a lot of the effects that are used in these science fiction fan footage films actually work to their advantage. Because people are filming on camera, there's that opportunity to kind of bring blurring and stuff. So it's where the lower production qualities actually can be used as a strength to the design of the film. I'll also just add that Cinepolis sent me some information about this as well and added that without the supernatural elements, the realism factor has the potential to be even higher. And it's also good to make the viewer uncomfortable when up close with the characters. And some examples of these films which do well at this would be Exhibit A and The Dirties and September Tapes. Now, I've only seen The Dirties and Exhibit A, but I would agree that they both make the viewer uncomfortable.
2: First off, I do want to actually second what Thomas said about 84C Mopek. That is an excellent war film, and, yeah, it's actually one of my all-time favourites. And, yeah, I tend to forget that it's found footage in the discussion of it because, of course, it's found footage war rather than found footage horror. But, yeah, it's an excellent film, and it's one where the filming of it actually does make sense rather than it being your average run-of-the-mill horror film where the character keeps on recording just because they're just obsessed with recording. So it actually works really well. i will highly recommend 84C Mopic for anybody who hasn't seen it. What I've done at the moment, is Chris has actually given me a link to search for films that I found footage on IMDb, and I've sorted it by my rating and gone downwards. And Most of them are horror, but there are some great non-horror ones in there. And Tom mentioned The Dirties. And The Dirties for me was an okay film. I mean, their whole like obsession with filmmaking was interesting, the two kids in there. But what I really like is actually their follow-up film. So they made a film called Operation Avalanche, about two filmmakers who discover a NASA conspiracy to hoax the moon landing. And they stumble on Stanley Kubrick filming it. It's like an excellent conspiracy film and the found footage they're sort of used to propel the conspiracy element of it rather than to make it like a horror film. Looking through some of the other films that I've given high scores to that have found footage, some of them I don't think really count as found footage because they're more like screen recording ones, like they put searching in there, the film with John Cho, but I think that's a different subgenre altogether. A film that's come up also in my search is a film called The Road Movie, I guess it is actually technically real found footage because it's actually created by using dash cam footage from various vehicles in Belarus, and they've been spliced together to sort of show some of the crazy behaviour on the road. So I don't know how much that counts as found footage because it's actually real footage that's been put together because it's a real documentary. <laughs> nothing's, no, nothing's been staged in there, but that's an awesome film that you I know, would recommend checking out even if it's not technically found footage. Otherwise, scrolling down, the only other... Non-horror found footage that I've given higher than a 7 out of 10 to is Redacted, which is a really awesome film which Brian De Palma did about 15 years ago about soldiers and some things that they should and shouldn't be doing. But, you know, other than that, scrolling down there, and a lot of them are horror ones there, but, you know, tons and tons and tons of found footage films. Okay, it says over here that I've rated 48 films that have got found footage tags on imdb and yet there's only less than half of them that i've really given you know a really strong score to that's not too bad actually
1: yeah Is it actually it, does yeah.
2: I, I think some of them are missing the tag because i'm looking through them going, mm. that's not as many because i've seen some really crappy ones on mm-hmm. tubi and shutter and other streaming services so, I don't think these IMDb
1: tags is a proper representation. Yeah, um, probably uh, not. If you're at about 50%, that's a much better ratio than I would be on, on found footage.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's accurate at all. I probably should have previewed that before recording that second. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: End of Watch is a pretty decent one as well, where it's cop body cam Jake Gyllenhaal.
0: I haven't seen that actually, but no, it got some
3: decent reviews. It is. It's a really good film. I like End of Watch.
0: Very good. And My dad to
3: because they use the body cams. So there's multiple cameras that they flip between and cameras in the car and everything. So, it is. yeah, it's quite a good good film. Though.
2: I just found a really terrible non-horror, or if anyone wants to classify it, I don't think it's horror, non-horror found footage one in the uh, IMDb list, Chris Send. So it's uh, Trash Humpers by Harmony Corrine. Harmony Corrine. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about his name, but that's just uh, a stupid, pathetic film. For me, He's found footage at its worst.
1: I, I kind of bucket Trash Humpers with some of like Andy Warhol's films, where it, it's really just a film made as a troll. If you watch it, then you have fallen for, for his joke.
0: I, I've seen that on some top lists, some places. Like There are people who actually love Trash Humpers, so the troll worked for, like I don't know, 3% of the people watching it, maybe 1%. I'm not going to estimate it, but it worked for somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, Empire seems to end up on people's list. Oh, too, yeah, but true. <laughs> could, could Empire be classified as a, well, that's just a documentary, I guess.
0: Yeah, it wasn't necessarily found, but <laughs> I-, I loved what Saul mentioned earlier about this film that is real found footage of cars ash cams, and that actually made me spot another film on this list from IMDb, which is Dawson City: Frozen Time, which is also actually real fan footage where they literally found film reels frozen in the river from the silent Era, uh, but they were discovered frozen in this river and recut to kind of tell the story of the city it's not it doesn't have anything to do with found footage but the tag is there on imdb and the footage is literally found so that's a nice little anecdote for you um, I-, I wanted to bring up two films that were quite good both of them from the very same year actually three years after Dare Project. So kind of in the early days of the boom, back before it was fully horror-aligned, and they're quite interesting. One of them ties in with what I talked about with Fresh and Avalanche earlier, uh, in the terms of um, covering conspiracies and its interview with the assassin, which dives into John F. Kennedy assassination and this idea that there was... A second shooter and uh, the film is essentially an interview uh, or a collection of interviews with the shooter where the the documentary maker is following the shooter around and it fits perfectly into the fun footage uh, story uh, ties very well into the feeling of suspense and paranoia etc and it's done thoroughly well a lot of people could see that movie and genuinely believe it as well and the thing here is that it really just depends so much on this us really just buying stories this person is telling us. Working in the fact that, you know, the filmmaker is also suspicious of whether or not it's true that he is the assassin. So that works on many levels. And the second one is quite a lot darker. And it is Zero Day, which I think has something in common with The Dirties, which I haven't seen. This is essentially a school shooter film. It's made three years after Columbine Massacre. And it just feels very, very real. You have these two teenagers who are filming themselves. They're outcasts. They're not happy. There are, there are issues. And you slowly see it escalate over the course of their own footage. Ending with not their footage, but security camera footage. It's very bleak, very dark. It's very well put together. It, it's a small production, but that's a, a thoroughly intense Film, and it's one of those times where, because of the realism there, because you can kind of believe this story developing in front of you, that fan footage added to a non horror movie really did a trick.
1: Interview with the assassin kind of reminded me of Invites Dog in this context. It is probably one of the most well known faux documentary films oh, yeah. outside of the straight horror genre, and it's a pretty compelling movie.
0: Oh, yeah, that's actually, if, if that qualifies fully as fan footage, I yeah, I think it does qualify fully. That, that would probably be my favorite fan footage film as well, actually. That's uh, so darkly hilarious, bizarre, and it, yeah, it really works. And I think we've been talking a lot about what really works with fan footage. And uh, one of the questions I mentioned in my intro was whether or not there is something that only fan footage can do, or at least something it's quite uniquely equipped to do. Would you say that something would be amiss in cinema? If fan footage never really existed, is there something special that fan footage brings to cinema, be it horror or other genres, that
2: it would be quite sad if we never got to experience? I'd like to just say no and then pass to the next person. (laughs) But, you know, like I said, there have been some good ones over the years, very few by percentage. Obviously, a big fan of Carnival Holocaust. I think that's an excellent film. We mentioned 84, Charlie Mopek, Diary of the Dead. There have been some good ones over the years, but I think there's a lot of them where, you know, it's just capitalising on the success of Blair Witch and not really doing anything particularly interesting with the technique.
3: One of my favourite found footage films is Wreck that we spoke about at some length when we did our episode about spanish horror and this is just an incredible exercise in tension when a news reporter goes into a apartment block due to an incident that happens there and gets sealed within the building and there's an outbreak in there it's just an excellent film if we didn't have fan footage we wouldn't have that film and that would be very sad indeed the last 15 to 20 minutes where there's a, a sequence which is almost in, entirely in the dark, just flashes from the camera and glimpses from a bit of light coming in here and again. It's so scary. The first time I saw it, it just stopped me in my tracks and my heart was beating so fast. And there's many other films that have made a big impression on me from the fan footage genre, not as much as Wreck, but films that deserve a mention. I don't know if we'll get time to discuss them all, so it feels like a good time to drop some now, but... Films like Afflicted, it's a great vampire one. Troll Hunter, some excellent special effects in there. And Field as well, that's another great one. And the VHS series have all been very interesting cinematic experiences for me. And if we didn't have found footage, we wouldn't have had them. So it, I'm glad that found footage became a thing. The Safe
1: Haven segment of VHS 2 is one of my absolute favourite found footage moments. Just because it is so absolutely insane. And that's kind of going into something that I think found footage, when done well, does better than a lot of horror films. Or really films in general. And creating this visceral personal experience. Putting you in the shoes of the people in the film. Experiencing something very intense that you wouldn't normally go through
0: yeah and i think that's definitely one of those things that it would be very sad to be without and just going back to how fan footage is actually constructed and how they work and the kind of cinematic language they use i think it would be very very sad if we didn't have this popular genre playing around with limitations this way because limitations are always really really interesting when creative people do something on a low budget or do something where they're forced to do it a specific way, then you do come up with new things. I think that uh, fan showed a way to make very cheap and effective horror films in, in a way that would not necessarily have been possible without it. I think the way that they incorporate glitches as a way to create suspense. That is something that we've seen in cinema, you know, be it cinema verite or certain types of documentaries or certain types of uh, art house films, but it's not something we've seen in in big genres like this. And it's quite nice to just have that worked in there. And going back to the realism as well, having that new angle of, we're filming this, you are engaging with something that has been filmed. I know this is something that Saul reacts to negatively, but at least to me, this is something new and slightly different in films or slightly different from traditional cinema if you will and i think that anything that differs that much from what we talked about earlier as classic cinema is exciting and interesting and uh, as tom mentioned earlier too variety is a good thing for that i'm very happy that Fun footage came to be and that it
2: had its uh, moment even though it clearly frustrated some people just to be clear i am pro variety and i do like Quite a lot of experimental films, you know. I've been pushing for a long time to have a Michael Snow podcast, so I'm not against experimentation as such, or pushing the envelope, or going against classic Hollywood film. But I guess I just feel a lot of found footage. It doesn't really serve much purpose beyond just the premise of being different itself.
1: You know, you could look at wavelength as being a kind of found footage. Okay, fine.
2: I I wouldn't disagree with that. So I guess maybe that's the greatest found footage film ever made then. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. I mean, that's one of those films I'll only
0: rewatch if we do that Michael Snow episode, because the first time I saw it, I just did not care
1: for Wavelength. <laughs> I don't think I, I have a desire to guest on that one. <laughs>
2: Oh, you're missing out, guys. It's like the greatest murder mystery film ever made, you know, it's all, it's all about an unsolved murder. And yeah, of anyway, course, yes. We'll get into it later if we ever do a podcast on it, but, you know, it might well be the best found footage film ever made.
0: <laughs> that's, uh, that's a really interesting way of selling it. Um, maybe some people will actually see Wavelength now that they wouldn't otherwise, so uh,
3: well done, Sol. That would be a great line on a DVD cover box: the yes. found footage film, as so. uh, declared by the person who hates the found footage the most. Yes. <laughs> what a you know what a marketing line that would be. Very good. And so we talked about all of the things that kind of
0: led into. Fun footage having its rise, the, the changing technology, uh, the popularity of Blair Witch, the ability to produce cheap films that could do very well at the box office. But obviously, the fun footage moment is essentially over. There's not really been any major films over the last five, six, even seven years. Like, this is a phenomenon that really burst out in the zeros and lasted into the early to mid tens, It got to the point where you even started to see fan footage TV shows like The River, but then it just slowly quieted down. There's still some fan footage films dropped, but the trend has clearly declined. Looking over the films based on, you know, the number of votes, for instance, on IMDb, essentially everything on top is from 2015 or earlier. So what do you think it was that led to the decline of this trend?
1: I think it's purely just the glut of terrible, cheap, badly made direct-to-video ones that flooded the market and just burned people out on it. And then you have things like Paranormal Activity getting in number of sequels. I think it may be up to seven or eight of them at this point that I, I think people just got sick of it.
3: Definitely have to agree with Ben there. Complete oversaturation of the market. Anyone could pick up camera make a cheap found footage film, and there's just too many of them now, and most are horrendous. It also ties into the cyclical nature of horror as well. Um, The horror genre tends to follow trends depending on what's popular. You know, the 80s are kind of renowned for being a slasher era. And I wouldn't be surprised if people look back on the noughties as the found footage era of horror. But it doesn't mean that subgenres go away. There's still people who release interesting found footage films, but they're few and far between. With the rise of TikTok recently, there was an increase in popularity of the film Megan is Missing because it was touted as this horrific film and it was shared as an online challenge for people to watch it and post their reactions. And it's interesting that people can revisit these films and reappraise them from a, a new perspective when they're brought to light through social media.
1: Bask in 20 minutes of digging.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Megan is Missing. I I get what it's trying to do, and I think it did what it was doing fairly well. That doesn't make it a pleasant experience. I liked Megan is Missing. I wouldn't say I loved it or whatever, but I did think
2: it was pretty good. Mainly in its first two thirds, which really for me evoked Unfriended, which for me is one of those ultimate horror films of all time. I really love on-screen horror. I don't think there's enough films that I like that these days. And I think like the first two thirds of the film, which was a lot about that, were great. And I think from memory, like towards the end, that sort of petered out and became less about video calls and everything and more about what happened to her. Quick question actually, Also, I
0: noticed on IMDb that Unfriended is tagged as found footage and I haven't actually seen it yet, but does that fit and would Unfriended then that franchise qualifies found footage?
2: I don't think it really counts as found footage. I mean, what Unfriended is, it's one continuous screen recording of a computer screen. And I noticed also in that list, they also had Searching in the John Cho film, which takes the Unfriended idea but we actually see a whole bunch of different screens. Everything we see is on a screen. So for me, that's different to found footage. And I find a lot more dynamic because it's a lot about our relationship to the screen. So like when things happen on the screen, on the computer, and things like start shaking around or whatever, you're not quite sure if there's a problem with your computer that you're watching the film on or whether it's a problem within the film itself. So it sort of like blurs it a little bit for me. And, yeah, I just love these screen films. I mean, there's the two unfriended ones. There's Searching. There was the uh, film Spree, which came out quite recently. And I think it's a great untapped potential for horror films. And there's also, like, a really great one with Elijah Wood called Open Windows about eight years ago. It had a ridiculous twist in it. But just the way everything was put together as a series of screens was very dynamic for me, and I think it's very different from found footage because it's not the sense that you're finding this footage that somebody shot or whatever and this is what happened to them. It's more that you're actually inside their screen, inside it happening to them. So for me, I guess it's on par with watching Casablanca and feeling that I'm in the same room with Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart. Likewise, I actually thought that I'm on these characters' devices when things happen on their devices.
3: I love that. I just want to ask the question whether anyone has ever compared Casablanca to Unfriended before. I love that connection, so I'm impressed.
1: (laughs) The screen recording type films, I wouldn't say they're totally different than found footage. They're almost like a sub-sub-genre of mockumentary or faux-documentary, where what you're seeing is purported to be real. And while it doesn't have the conceit of the title card at the beginning of this was found somewhere, it's still implying that you're experiencing something in real time, much like a found footage movie. I do tend to like those. You didn't mention it, but Host is another recent one that's been getting a lot of buzz. Those actually go all the way back to the Collingswood story, which I think was the first webcam movie in the early 2000s which is not bad. The technology is definitely clunkier, but it's still pretty effective for what it's doing.
3: I like the Collinswood story, and it is the first fan footage film to use computer screens. And I agree that it does feel clunky when you watch it back today, but at the time, it was pretty creepy and worth checking out if you're a fan of the computer screen films, but you haven't seen it yet.
1: There is a nice new Blu-ray of it. I
2: haven't actually seen that one yet, but I agree that Host is a fantastic film. I've seen, I guess, most of them that were available to me. I don't think that one ever was, but I might need to check on importing the Blu-ray of it now. Probably The Den's the earliest one. That springs to mind for me. And yeah, I just thought even though that one's not totally on screens, uh, that to me was still really cool. And I guess for me, it's different to found footage, but it probably depends on how you look at it. It's more so that I sort of feel that it's my own device when I'm watching a character on their device and it's totally on their device, where it's a bit different for me if I'm watching footage and we getting the sense that this footage has been filmed by someone else.
0: Another recommendations today. So we have the soundtrack of Cannibal Holocaust and the new Blu-ray of The Word Dory. And moving on from that and nearing the end of Our episode here. So, we talked a little bit about this new trend of the Unfriended series, etc., kind of being an offshoot of fan footage or a subgenre of fan footage. So, do you think that we'll see some kind of resurrection of fan footage? Is this new trend of of the Unfriended series, etc., some kind of uh, continuation or example of that? Or do you think that the subgenres will kind of stay more or less in the past with just the occasional new film, essentially making out the general audiences?
1: I doubt there is going to be another massive explosion like there was with the Blair Witch project. That just seemed like a very particular moment in time. I mean, if you look historically at film, you don't really see that kind of thing repeated very much, regardless of the genre or style of film.
3: Yeah, I think that found footage has had its time in the spotlight. But I'd like to think that there's still filmmakers who are willing to, and we'll still see the occasional strong found footage film coming through. There may even be a resurrection of the the subgenre. Maybe in 20 years' time, when it becomes retro and it's a nostalgia thing, who knows? But I think it's probably unlikely that we're going to see it become as as popular as it was in the in the early noughties ever again. I'd actually say
2: that the trend of found footage hasn't died down I mean yes there haven't been that many acclaimed ones released recently however just looking at the tons of horror films that are available to stream online especially on Tubi I don't know if for whatever reason they all seem to flock to Tubi there are just tons and tons and tons of uh, found footage films still being made today I guess because primarily they are so cheap and they are so easy to put together I don't think the trend has died down. I don't think it actually ever will die down, just because it's just such an easy way to get a film out there. Whether we see a big resurgence of great found footage films, I don't know. I think it is possible. But, look, I don't think the trend has died down completely, so I guess I find it hard to answer the question in the first place.
0: I was more talking about in terms of general popularity and being shown at big multiplexes, etc.
2: The way they were back in their heyday. I understand what you're saying with that, although films aren't really being shown that much in the multiplexes these days. I mean, especially since the pandemic. I mean, that's changed the whole landscape. But you know, these days people are referring to stream stuff anyway. So I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair n-
0: fair enough or, or, or as in a big Netflix release. I know IMDb is not the necessarily the most accurate guide, but looking at, you know, the films with the most votes, for instance, if that's an indicator. None of the top 40, essentially, 50 are from after 2015, except Searching, which we talked about isn't really fun footage. Do you think we'll see big found footage films like, for instance, Cloverfield or uh, The Blair Witch Project, uh, etc., make those kinds of rounds again?
1: Maybe think of it in the context of, would there be a found footage film that would hit the zeitgeist? like Something like Squid Game, for instance, where everyone is watching it, everyone is talking about it, everyone is tweeting about it. I think it would take a major filmmaker to do something interesting with it that would gain a lot of attention. If Wes Anderson made a found footage movie and released it on Netflix as an exclusive, that could probably be something that would get a lot of attention. I have no idea what the hell that would even look like. That seems like it would be crazy. I think just the days of random, you know, I mean, essentially the people who made Blair Witch Project hadn't really done much of anything before. They had had a few small projects, but I think the days of that kind of film specifically blowing up huge like it did or like Paranormal Activity, I don't see that happening again.
2: I can probably agree with that in those terms. That yeah, I don't really see any found footage films on the horizon that would be as big as I guess Squid Game to use that example where everybody's talking about it Uh, I guess sort of need to be something really innovative we need to do with it because found footage has just been completely exhausted over the last 20 years I think all the possibilities of it have been exhausted and if it's evolved into screen recording films you know that can only be a good thing but yeah the traditional found footage I think yeah pretty much has been done to death so it might happen. I you mean, know, I think it is possible. You know that there could be someone who comes along and does something very innovative with it. But it does seem less and less likely. I guess the more saturated the market becomes, and the more that everybody taps out all the potential of it, or need to really be something quite different. But you're already getting my mind thinking about how I can I make my own which project film now and make a bit of money. But uh, you have to do something very different with it.
3: It sounds like you have a lot of potential Blair Witch projects on your hands anyway, Sol, from the, the filmmakers in your classes. So maybe you need to tap into their potential. Maybe they are doing something right.
2: <laughs> Possibly. I'm sure if I put some of their films on YouTube or whatever, they'll probably be better than something on horror um, stuff that's getting cowed out from there anyway. <laughs> fair. That's uh, fair enough, Sol.
0: Maybe there will be a fan footage film about uh, these students just frustrating their teachers with fan footage we just have to see how that ends
1: It'd have like a one cut of the dead meta commentary about it
0: so yeah either saul kills them or they kill him or something entirely different happens but i can see that going in some really interesting directions but so so just to wrap everything up then and end on the final question do you all of you agree with saul that Tom footage has essentially tapped all of its potential or is there something Or do you think there still is potential to do something very different? Are there some new context you would like to see found footage in? And and if so,
1: what or how? Now I'm thinking I really want to see Wes Anderson do a found footage movie. Um, I guess that's the answer. But but, but seriously, I do think it's possible to think outside the box with found footage. There are a few different ways of doing it. There's one film that I'm a big fan of called, I'm not even sure how to say it out loud, but it's... S-N-M-Man? And, S and S-S-N-Man? I think it's but, going to be Sandman. Oh, maybe it is,
2: yeah, Sandman. Yeah, the and sign, the ampersand.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense now that I see it out loud. Okay, yeah, so Sandman, which purports itself to be a documentary with a found footage film embedded within it, but presented in the real world using... Real directors, real actors, the director is playing himself. So it adds this other kind of meta layer on top of it that I I think makes it pretty effective. I also think blending found footage concepts with regular film concepts still has a lot of potential. I've seen several movies that do that well. One recent one that I saw that I thought pulled off a pretty unique premise in the found footage realm would be The Deep House from Bastio and Mari. The guys that did Inside and Livied. I don't know if I'm pronouncing those right. My French is terrible. But, you know, that one is essentially an underwater haunted house film where large chunks of it are done using, you know, first person camera found footage type of conceit. But it also cuts and has more third person omniscient view. And I think that one works really well and has a really nice sense of atmosphere it's also one of the best looking found footage movies i think the cinematography in it's very good which is something you rarely ever hear spoken of with found footage i do think there's still potential there just needs the right person to come along
2: i do think found footage does have potential like i have said before there are a few scattered good examples of ones where i think it has been used well but I think the key to making a good film footage film is to make it about the characters and I guess their obsession with recording and having that playing a part of it rather than just being recording for the sake of it. So I did give the examples of Diary of the Dead and Cannibal Holocaust. I think those are just great examples because it's sort of like the characters get so caught up in the filming that they don't really realise other things are happening. So... I think from that point of view, it could sort of work. I mean, I'm just thinking about things like even Scream 4, you have a character who's trying to record the whole of his high school experience by having the camera on his head and recording every moment. I think that's got potential. There's some really funny moments in Scream 4 that actually work because He's so obsessed with recording everything, that doesn't realize everything that's happening around. So I think it's got a bit of potential, but I think just using found footage by itself without trying to tap into the obsessive nature that people have with recording, uh, I think would just be a little bit redundant. I think there's also different types of uh, cameras and ways of observing
0: things that could be interesting So I haven't seen End of Watch and uh, when you talked about that, I I think that would be really exciting too because it's based on body cams. So it's something that is very realistic and using surveillance cameras, which has been used in found footage before or other types of uh, angles, other reasons for filming, if you will, could bring something new into the genre. I mean, I remember when we had our space exploration episode, we talked about Europa Report, which is a found footage film set in space and it's kind of this, cameras from within the spaceship that worked really well too and we talked at that point about how interesting it would be to see some more films that are set in that kind of context and do you think that there could be new things just in terms of changing like the basis of the fan footage or just the time of how long ago the fan footage is it would be interesting to see we talked about the renaissance in 20 years maybe the fan footage would then be from 20 30 years in the past for instance adding some, some essentially period uh, elements to it that could also be exciting so i would like to see what a renaissance could be obviously we have seen slasher renaissances so we, we could see a f- some film footage renaissances or, or just like uh, we saw for instance with the artist uh, in terms of silent film like some kind of big film that kind of just summarizes or brings up the film footage uh, genre And as a lot of us have said now, yeah, now now I just can't help it. I really want to see that uh, Wes Anderson
2: found footage film. I was just going to say that. Wes Anderson found footage, if that happens, that would be absurd. like would do my head in or whatever. Because his films are too symmetrical as it is. So I can't imagine a completely symmetrical found footage film. That would be totally (laughs) insane.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. Like, how would that work? It would have to be, like, maybe it would really be the one you talked about. So, like, that character that's so obsessed with filming, but maybe it's a cinematographer or someone with OCD or something like that it just really needs to capture the perfect angles.
3: I love this idea. Let's just hope that Wes Anderson is an avid listener of Talking Images and, you know, us talking about it gives him the inspiration that he needs to, to make it a reality. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And if anyone listening knows Wes Anderson or knows someone who knows Wes Anderson, message them about it, email, send letters. Let's just get this moving and let's get Wes Anderson into the director's chair for a found footage film. It might just be the development his career has been waiting for. He tried animation already. He could succeed in found footage as well. And on that note and on that call to action, thank you so much for listening and join us again soon. You have been listening to Talking Images, the official podcast of icmforums.com.